0: Uh, go to the fifth mandate that God gave to the end-time church. I finished the first four. Number one is that God wants us to be a part of a good local church, and we need to love the church and participate in building the church of God. In the book of Haggai, the prophet Haggai spoke to the children of Israel that they got into trouble, they make money, but God blew it away because they all build their own house. They care about their own business, but they ignore building the house of God. And some of them get discouraged and stop building. So Haggai say, if you participate in building my temple or my house, I will check the heavens and the earth, the dry land and the sea and the nations. The gold is mine and the silver is mine, declared the Lord. And he said that in that house that you built, I will provide for you and shalom will be there. The peace and the victory of God will be in his house. I have been a Christian for 35 years now and I began to participate in building the house of God since the first year of my Christian life. And I never stopped. Every church that I belong to or I become a member, I pull out my life my time, my energy, and money, and everything to be a part of that house. And to build the house of God is the best thing to do because other institutions in the world are going to be gone one day. Microsoft will be gone one day. Boeing will be gone. I like them, don't take me wrong. But they will be gone. When Jesus comes back, we don't need Boeing. We don't need Microsoft. The only institution that will last for eternity is the house or the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're going to invest your life on something that will last forever, the church is the best place to invest your life in. Amen? And that's how I and Pastor Da have been doing. Number two, we learned the second mandate is that God wants us to live a holy life. Holiness really brings the blessing. Because if you keep sinning, you open the door for the demon to come in to attack you. That's why so many people get sick. That's why so many households breaking down. Because demons come and attack those people who play game with sin and don't want to repent. God wants us to live a holy life. Number three, God wants us to grow up, to become mature and strong disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. He doesn't want us to be baby and act like a baby all the time. Baby always cry and demand and live for themselves selfish. And me, 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 me. But God wants us to grow up to be a believer who is blessed and we can bless the nation. Number four, we learned from the past four Sundays that God wants us to be blessed. He is a good shepherd and he wants to provide and bless his children. We need to believe that the blessing of God belongs to us. And we can receive it by faith and by obedience. So that's number four. Now today we're going to learn about the fifth mandate. The fifth mandate is to welcome and love the presence or the glory of God. My dear brother and sister, let me explain the terminology of the word the glory or the presence of God quickly. God is real. God is real, okay? Not just imagination. Many people have gone to heaven and met Jesus and came back. Even one doctor, he is a gynecologist. He fell off a building. He died. He went up to heaven. He met Jesus. He met the Father, and God sent him back and said, "You need to come back to tell people in the world." Just lately, one neurosurgeon in the East Coast passed away in the ICU. He went up to heaven. He was a believer. He went up to heaven and he met God in heaven, and he came back and wrote a book. His name is Eben Alexander, M.D. He is an assistant or some kind of professor in the university in the East Coast. God is real, okay? And the Bible says God is omnipresent. What it means is God is everywhere. You cannot hide from God in small island somewhere under the coconut tree. God is there. You cannot say, I am in the bathroom and I can do whatever I want. I can smoke pot. I can do whatever I want and God will not see me. No, God see you. God is everywhere. God is omnipresent. That's why I have the fear of God in my heart because I know I cannot run away from God. I cannot hide myself from God. But the difference is that the manifest presence of God, manifest presence means God show up in such a way that our five senses can feel Him, can sense His presence. The manifest presence of God is not everywhere. It's somewhere, sometime. And it can be very thick, and it can be very thin. The presence of God can be so strong that you can even sit there and you fall on the ground. The reason we cannot go to the heaven on this body because if this body stands before the throne of God, we're gonna fall underground. This corrupted body, sinful body, cannot be in the real, big, tangible presence of God in heaven. We need a new body in heaven. When we go to heaven, God can give us a new body, the glorious body, so that we can stand before his throne and we can meet Jesus there. Amen. Now, the tangible presence of God can be called manifest presence of God in the Bible. When we use all this terminology, manifest presence of God, tangible presence of God, and another word in the Bible say, the glory of God. The glory of God, every time you heard in the church all the time, glory, glory, people say glory, is the terminology that express the heavy presence of God. And also this terminology means the perfect attribute or characteristic of God. When God shows up, his attribute or his character shows up at the same time. When Pastor da, my wife, shows up, you sense her character, how she smiles, how she talks, how she responds to you. The character of a person comes with the presence of that person. When you look at the Picture on the wall of somebody. Maybe you look at your, the picture of your dad on the wall. You just see the picture, but you don't feel the character. But if your dad show up in your home, not only his presence is there, the manifest presence is there, but his character is there at the same time. When we talk about the glory, it means that he show up around you, in you, upon you, and his. Characters show up at the same time. You know, I travel on mission trip a lot. And when I lay hand on people, the glory of God was on me so strong. And when he was on me so strong, I love everyone that I see. I just have mercy and compassion on everybody because the tangible presence of God brings the heart of God, the sense of his presence and who he is upon my life normally. As a human, we are selfish. We sometimes don't like somebody, don't like that person. But when the presence of God come upon you, He take over you and His character start to flow out of you. My dear brothers and sisters, spiritual world is real. In America, when we talk about spiritual world, many people may not understand, but actually, the spiritual world can manifest in a different way. You may not see it in a real way. For example, when somebody turns on pornography in the TV or in the internet, you know, you are bringing spiritual things into your home. You may not see it because our physical eyes only see the physical things. But once you turn it on, demons show up in your home and you don't know because they are demons of sexual immorality. So the spiritual world is real. I... Thank God I had a chance to grow up in Thailand where we call animism. The word animism means worshipping spirit or playing with spirit. Wuji board. You get a cup on the piece of paper and you put finger on that cup and you pray to some kind of God, not Jesus though. And the cup moves. And I play like that when I was seven years old. I have a piece of paper. I put my finger on that and I pray. "Um, What is my name? And the cup will move and spell my name. And I say again, I ask any question, the cup will move on its own. I'm serious. This is real. I'm not making it up. Woojee board or fortune teller or calling spirit to be on your body. I remember when I was young, because I did not know Jesus, I learned how to invite Evil spirit upon me. And when the evil spirit came upon me, I can jump very high on the sky. They put a knife out and hit on my back. No even abrasion. No cut. With the knife that they just cut something in front of me and they hit on my back. Nothing happened. Because the presence of evil spirit was there on me to protect me, but not in a good way to protect me so that I can go out and become a Kung Fu man, fight with people and kill people. It's not the Holy Spirit. So the spiritual world is real. You don't see spirits. You don't see spiritual world, and, but they are real. Now you make, need to make a choice. You need to make a choice whether you want to have the presence or the manifest presence of evil spirit. Or you want to have the manifest presence of the holy God. I believe if you're smart enough, you don't want the manifest presence of evil spirit. Because the Bible says that the devil and his army, demons, come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But the presence of Jesus comes to give us life and give it more abundantly. Hopefully you don't need brain transplant to have the idea that I don't want demons. I don't want evil spirit in my life, in my home, in my office, in my traveling. I want the presence of the life giver. And that is the presence of God. The good, almighty, compassionate, and loving God. I want to go everywhere with the presence of the almighty God. The presence of the Almighty God can be with me during surgery, can be with me while I'm talking to my patient, can be with me while I'm traveling, and driving the car on the freeway. I want His presence because I am limited. I don't know everything. I need Him. In this teaching, that is only introduction. In this teaching, by reading the scripture, you will see that why do we need the presence of God? And it is God's will that we love His presence. How many people are married here? Raise your hand up. Okay, you're married. Do you like the presence of your spouse around you? Or you like to be alone? Yes, I like to have the presence of Pasada. I don't want Pasada to go out of the city more than seven days. Then they say, too long, come back. I want her to be with me in my house. I want the presence of... Pasada. And Pasada, the same thing. She doesn't want me to go out of the country too long. Ten days too long. So we go together so that we can have the presence of the person we love, we cherish, and we see the value and can help and can encourage one another. That is the natural realm. But in the spiritual realm, we need the presence of God. We're gonna read many passages in the Bible in the Old Testament. And when we read those new Old Testament, Passages we can see that the Old Testament is a type or a shadow or a symbol of what's going to happen in the New Testament dispensation. We are living in the time of church dispensation. The Old Testament people live in the time of the law of Moses. At that time, the Holy Spirit was not dwelling on everybody, in everybody, on and in. The king, the priest, and the prophet have the Holy Spirit on them, but not in them. Because they were not born again. They just believed in Jehovah, but they did not have Holy Spirit in them. But they have on them to anoint them to function as a king, function as a priest, and function as a prophet. But today we are living in the dispensation that the Holy Spirit lives inside us and lives on us and live around us in our atmosphere. He is everywhere and we can sense his manifest presence and we can be hungry for his manifest presence. However, in the Old Testament, when you read it, you can see the type or the shadow of what God expects us to have in this generation and this dispensation. I start from reading Exodus chapter 3 verse 2. Exodus 3.2. At that time, the children of Israel were slave in Egypt for 430 years. They did not have their own house, their own land. They were slaves. They were living in the lacking environment. They don't even own their own life. They belong to the people of Egypt and the Pharaoh. And then God sent the Savior named Moses. And what happened on that mountain In Exodus chapter 3, verse 2. And the angel of the Lord. In the New King James and King James Version, the word angel used capital A, which means God himself. But the Hebrew language used the word angel. But in fact, it's the presence of Jesus there. God chose up. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Moses was up on the mountain, taking care of the sheep. He was a shepherd. And then God showed up. And God showed up in a tangible way. Tangible way means he could see with his eye. I say again, manifest presence of God, tangible presence of God, is the thick presence of God that you can sense him with your five senses, either eyes, or smell, or hearing, or your skin feeling, you feel something on your skin, you can sense his presence. At that time, the presence of God was so thick to the point that Moses could see the fire on the bush, And that bush is not burned because it's not a real fire. It's the fire of God. God showed up. And you don't know what happened after that experience. Moses had never been the same man anymore. This is real. Once you meet Jesus, once you get touched by the real presence of God, like what you hear from the testimony of Julian a while ago. He came out to sit on the chair here. And I lay hand on him. The presence of God came upon him. He was not churchgoer. He was a doubter of the reality of God. God touched him. He felt drunk that day. He could not walk. Actually, he told me he got out of this building. He's still drunk in the Holy Spirit. He got touched by God that day. His life totally turned around from being resistant to God. Now he is gang ho or Very banana for God. Turn around because he was touched by God. That's why all this church history from thousands of years, since Jesus went up to heaven, the devil always want to turn the local church into religion. What does it mean? Mean that kick the presence of God out, preach some dry message. Don't let people get touched by God and turn into tradition, religion, and just... Go on and on with the religious ceremony and people stand up, sit down, and then go home. No one get touched by God. No one meet God. And then what happens? People just sit there and never change. But one touch from God, one experience of meeting God personally, your life will turn around. You will be a new person like Moses. Moses was a coward man. He ran away from Egypt. He was so afraid of Egyptian soldiers. He was selfish, living for himself. He just do his own stuff. But after he met the presence of God that day, he turned around to be a savior of a whole nation. He could have his staff, and the miracle happened by his speaking, by his staff. He became a new man who saved the nation. I love the camp of our church, because during the camp, Everyone's so focused. No one worry about job. No one worry about homework, about going to school. When you all come and see God like that in the camp, the presence of God is so strong, and many youth people get touched by God. Many adults get touched by God. They're so hungry for meeting God. And then what happened After that, their life will never be the same. Amen? I was touched by God in a big way in 1995, 1996, and 1997, in that period of time. Even though I was born again in 1981, but I never really encountered God that much. And eventually I cried out to God, God, why my Christian walk is so struggling? Why I could not be like the disciple you want me to be? I keep crying to God, God, something is missing here. And by 1995, God touched me in a meeting. He touched me. I was drunk in the Holy Spirit. Then I began to get hungry for more touch of God, for more presence of God in my life. That's what happened to Moses. As believer, we need to be educated that the tangible presence of God is real. We need to be educated that the glory of God is good, better than the presence of evil spirit. We need to understand that God wants to show up God really want to show up. The door of heaven is still open today. It's still open. When John the apostle one day he saw in the book of Revelation chapter four, he saw the vision that the door of heaven is open, and the Bible never have any more scripture to say the door of hope of heaven is closed. Never, heaven's still open today, and he still want to come down and visit us. He wants to show up in our home. He wants to show up in our life. He wants to touch us. He wants to come and soak on us and fill us. And he is not a respecter of people. You can be a Thai man, American man, Spanish-speaking man, Vietnamese, or you can be Indonesian. It doesn't matter. What dictates the situation is your own heart. How hungry you are. To be in the presence of God. How desperate you are. How much faith. You can reach out to him and say, God show up. And I want to be in your presence. I know this kind of message is quite difficult to preach in the western country. If you go to the third world country, people love this message. You know why? Here, you have nice car. You have debit card. Credit card. Medicare. Medicaid. Obamacare, you have everything that can sustain you on this earth. You have education, you have iPhone, you have Google, smartphone. You don't need God, period. You can survive yourself by having a phone and credit card and Medicare insurance company. You have everything in this Western country. So to seek the presence of God is the last thing because who cares? I can survive myself. But in a third world country, that people needed God so much, they did not have good neurosurgeon like here. They did not have good chiropractor like here. They don't have good medicine. Here, if people get sick, just write a prescription. Okay, CPAC, 250 milligrams, two tap at first day, one tap a day after that for five days, and you're going to be fine. If your kid gets sick, okay, amoxicillin, 200 milligrams every eight hours. Everyone go to see a doctor. They don't need God. But if you come to the point of your life, say, God, my marriage is broken down. I have incurable disease. I struggle with something in my life that the doctor cannot help me. The credit card cannot help me. Obama cannot help me. Uh, Anything cannot help me. Now, God, show up. That's why sometimes God has to put somebody to the bottom of their life. As long as you still prideful, I have everything. I don't care. I can run my own life. I have money. I have good 401k. I have a good job. As long as they have that, God is the last thing in their life. But we need God. Because so many things in your life that you need God and you don't even know. Amen? So many things dormant in your life that gonna show up one day to kill you. Maybe some nidus of cancer inside you. Maybe something's going to happen, you're going to get into a car accident if you don't see God and you die sooner instead of living a long life, 220 years old. So many things that you're out of your control and you don't see with your own eyes, but God can show up and protect you from too mature mortality or death. He can show up and instead of dying soon from lung cancer, uh, you Become addicted to something and he show up and set you free from that addiction. You can live happier life. You can have more victory in your life. I want to stir you up that we need the presence of God. We need him to show up. When he shows up, heaven show up as well. I taught the group of men and uh, some people in my house last Monday discipleship group. We have discipleship group. So I taught a group of people. And the people who attend the group say that, you know, it's so hard to bring my friend to church. It's so hard to tell people about Jesus. Oh, they enjoy. They they don't want to give up on the things of the world. It's so good. The world have fun. So good. Then suddenly God give me the word of wisdom. Suddenly, boom, into my heart. He say like this. Let me ask you, do you want to be in heaven where there is no sickness, or only joy and happiness, the presence of God, no weakness, no sadness, no tears, no fighting, no enemy, no bad people who are going to steal from you, no corruption? It's the best place, better than any place in the world. And everyone in the Bible study group say, yes, definitely. We want heaven. Heaven is the best place. The world is so full of corruption and bad people and cheating and all kind of stuff. Sickness and disease, you walk by somebody who coughs, then the virus goes into you and then you get sore throat too. Something like that. Everything in the world is so full of corruption, so full of problems. I want heaven. I want heaven in my home. And I say it this way. In fact, people are deceived to love the world, and to enjoy the world. Because the best place in this planet Earth is to live in the presence of God. You go everywhere with His presence. Because He is the owner of heaven, when He comes, He brings heaven around you. You are not sick easily. You shall be supernaturally protected. You will have strength and wisdom and joy. Everywhere you go, the favor of God is with you there. People will show favor to you because his presence is there with you. Remember when Joseph was serving Potiphar and when Joseph showed up in that house, everything successful. Everywhere Joseph was, it was so powerful. And the Bible maker Conclusive word about why everywhere Joseph was had plenty success, prosperity, and good things happen. The Bible says because God was with him. Joseph loved God so much, and he brought the presence of God into even jail, into the palace of Pharaoh, and. Because of the presence of God in his life, he changed the whole nation from being attacked by famine. The country of Egypt at that time turned to be a very powerful country because of this man, Joseph. The presence of God was with him. Exodus chapter 13, verses 21 to 22, and the Lord went before them by day in the pillar of cloud to lead the way. And by night in a pillar of fire. So at night it's so dark God show up with a fire so that they can see the direction. Not only that the fire protect them from wolf and all kind of bad animal. You know that bad animal are afraid of fire. And during the day they need some protection from the sun in the desert. So God show up in a pillar of cloud to protect them. So as to go by Day and night, he did not take away the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night formed before the people. Those millions of people who left Egypt from slavery slavery of Egypt had to walk through the wilderness or the desert in order to go to the promised land. They did not have compass like you and me. They did not know the direction, how to get there. They were slaves for 430 years. How are they going to get to the promised land? How are they going to go through all this very strong sunshine? No food to eat. They need the presence of God. And the presence of God show up in the tangible way. In the way that they could see, they could feel, As a pillar of fire and a pillar of cloud. And as they walked, the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud protect them. Give them some protection and lead them day by day, step by step. My dear brother and sister, in the presence of the almighty God, you have a special supernatural protection. Protection, not only that your car will not get into accident. The protection that you will not make wrong decision to get into financial trouble. Associate with wrong group of people that can get into big trouble. Go to the wrong place that you may be put in jail, even though you did not get involved. I heard testimony all the time. Some parents tell me, oh, my son went there with a friend who sold drugs. And then the police come and he got into jail too, even though he didn't ever sell that. But he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And now they're still in jail because they did not go with the presence of God. The presence of God brings protection, guidance, leading to the right place at the right time, meet the right people. That's why we need the presence of God. We don't know everything. We need him. We need his guidance What are we going to do each day? What are we going to say each day? Christians who understand the Bible and humble enough, we need humility to do this, okay? Because most people say, I can run my own life. I don't need God. If we're humble enough and we know that we need God, you're going to invite the presence of God to be with you everywhere. You will love the presence of God. You want God to lead you. You want God to be there with you when you are talking to your customer, when you are talking to your boss for the interview. You say, God, come with me. I need your presence. I want to know exactly what I'm going to say to answer the question. I cannot depend on my own intellect, my own little brain here. I need you to help me in this situation. Everywhere you go, you depend. That's why God says, I give grace to the humble. The more you humble you are, the more humble, and you depend on God more, God is going to help you more. And you don't have to waste money, time, energy, and everything in your life, effort, and go in the wrong direction. Everyone say humility. Everyone say the presence of God. My dear brother and sister, we are in the church era now. We are not in the time of Moses. Different dispensation, different time. But look at what the Bible say for today. Ephesians 5, 27 say that he, mean Jesus, might present her, mean the church, to himself as a glorious church. The church, mean the church that is so full of the glory of God. The presence of God must be in the church. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. But that she should, she means the church, should be holy and without blemish. God said, I want to build a church that is full, so full of glory, full of the presence of God. That's why in our church, we love the presence of God. I don't mind God show up. I don't mind that God come and visit the church. This morning, I Skype to teach the group in Switzerland. The appointment was 6.30 in a.m., so 3.30 p.m. over there. And when the Skype come in, show up, I could not teach for almost 10 minutes because God show up over there. (laughs) Then some people have demon come out of them. God shows up, demon come out from some new member, some new believer. So I have to sit there and wait for 10 minutes until the deliverance, a demon casting out, stop. Then I start to teach. I cannot quench the presence of God there. What I try to say is this. The Bible says, so that his church will not have any spot, wrinkle, any such thing, but be holy without blemish. The church and the believers who welcome the presence of God will have ongoing plastic surgery. Plastic surgery. Any time I talked to some of my patients that I'm going to perform neck fusion up here. They asked me, where are I going to cut? I say cut here on the right side. I'm right-handed. On your skin crease. And many patients would say to me, can you do a little bit of face tucking for me at the same time? <laughs> One surgery we call transphenoidal removal of pituitary tumor. I have to go through the nose, to get the tumor out from the base of the skull. And I say that I need to get a piece of fat from your tummy to plug in so that the spinal fluid will not leak. So when I say that, the patient, who is a woman, will say, can you do the tummy liposuction for me at the same time, for free of charge? Just one shot, two birds. You can do the removal of tumor from the brain and you can suck my fat out from my tummy. When God shows up, His holiness, His perfect attribute rub on you. And anything evil have to leave. Get out. If you pour the clean water on the table, the table is so full of junk, so full of dirt, you keep pouring and pouring and pouring. What happened? The dirt cannot stay. Eventually it will be out and out and out. And if you keep pouring, eventually the table will be clean. The same way, the church that welcomes the presence of God, the holy, perfect God shows up, rub on you, come around you. Your selfishness will decrease. Your anger, short temper will decrease. Your loving of money will decrease. Your bad attitude will be cut out by his plastic surgery. The wrong thing in your life as a human being will go away little by little. May not happen overnight. May not happen one time. Some of you may have really big pride in your life. When God touch you, he humble you. Get rid of the pride. He's going to clean up the church until no more wrinkle on the face. You don't need to go and buy very expensive makeup. Free of charge, the presence of God shows up. He will perform plastic surgery on your spirit, even on your body. Do you know, according to statistics, people who go to church every Sunday and stay in the presence of God, look younger, and live longer than normal population at least seven years. Do you notice that you come to this church, you are healthier? Do you notice that you look younger than age? you know why? Because you undergo plastic surgery on a regular basis here. Because you sit in the presence of God. And the presence of God comes and soak on you, cut out a lot of junk out of you. Sometimes make your face a little bit more stretch and look younger. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. That's why we need to love the presence of God. Make the church holy, pure, all the junk will go away, addiction goes away, sickness goes away, cancer goes away. Because the good and the bad cannot be in the same place at the same time. When the good show up, when God shows up, the bad has to leave. It depends on how much you want. When you want the surgeon to perform surgery, you need to allow him to put anesthesia. Lie down and let him cut on you. If you get up from the table and say, don't touch me, don't put knife on me, then the surgeon say, okay, bye-bye. If you go to acupuncturist, and she's going to put a needle in your body and say, I'm going to make you feel better. And you say, no, no, don't put a needle in my body. Then, yeah, go home and do the same way. In the same way. When we come to God, how much you want Him to deal with you, to cleanse you. The presence of God is so strong, it's so important, it's so needed in the house of God, in the church of God. Amen? Let me read last scripture. Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 14. This is the prophecy. And as a church, we need to welcome this prophecy. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory or the tangible presence of God, of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. He wants the knowledge, the knowing and understanding of the glory of His tangible presence to spread all over the world. Amen? He wants that to happen. Definitely, we are limited. By nature, I speak Thai. So most of the people I influence in the world are Thai people, not English-speaking. I'm not very famous among English-speaking people in the U2. But among Thai people, people understand my language. So when I show up in Thailand, I bring the glory. And people in Thailand need to know the glory. Then I start to move in the glory. People get touched by God. Demons come out. People get saved. Sickness goes away. Cancer leaves. Then they will know, wow, we don't need to run to the Buddhist temple anymore. We can run to God and the glory of God, help me. Wow, the glory of God, the knowledge of the glory of God will spread all over Thailand. If I can go to Indonesia, I will do the same thing. I will bring the glory and let the Indonesian people know the glory of God. That is so important to have the glory in the church and in your life. I'm going to keep preaching about this until the whole earth is filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. The reason God has to put this scripture in, because all these thousands of years, the devil come and steal the glory from the church. The devil changed every denomination. You know, most denomination, like even Methodists or Baptists, all this started from the presence of God. Started from revival. God visit a city, visit a person, and start to be the head of the organization. After two or three generations, gone. Because the teaching about the glory is not there anymore. So people turn Christianity into religion, into tradition, into Come in and read the scripture, sit down, stand up and pass the communion tray and bye-bye. Sing doxology and gone. No presence of God in the meeting. That's why our brothers say a while ago, I didn't want to go to church anymore. Nothing there. It's just religion. I'm bored. I'm tired. America needs the presence of God. Not religion. Amen? Amen. And you need the presence of God not only on Sunday. Everywhere you go. He will lead you, guide you every day, 24-7. But you need to welcome him. Get hungry, depend on him, humble yourself and say, God, I need you here in my life. I need you here everywhere I go. Do you know even when I talk, I'm going to finish here. Even when I talk and give advice to my children, I sit there at the dining table and my children start to ask me questions. Suddenly, I welcome the presence of God. And I say, God, I need you to be able to help me to speak to my children now so that they will be successful. I don't do it myself. I need the presence of God to show up. I need Him so badly because Pastor Lau is limited. And without his power, I cannot do much. I need the power of God. Amen? So next time, you are going to learn more about welcoming the glory. This is just introduction to let you know why God wants us to live in the glory of the Lord. We're going to talk more. We're going to read many scriptures and learn more. Amen? Hallelujah. Let all stand up and pray together. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes. Father, we thank you so much for teaching us the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Lord, we want to be the generation that will welcome, that always depend on your tangible presence. Lord, we believe the door of heaven is still open. And you are not a respecter of people or person. You don't have any prejudice. You treat everybody justly. Lord, we are international people here. And we realize, Lord, we need your presence. From today on, Lord, you tell teachers, us, show us your way how to walk with the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud how to welcome, how to ignite, how to stir up the presence of God on our life, around us. Lord, help us to be hungry. Help us to realize that we need you everywhere we go, Lord. And we welcome your presence. May your thick presence show up in their life, on a regular basis. Lord, they shall experience and encounter the tangible presence of God. Lord, thank God. Thank you, Lord, for the iPhone, for the smartphone, for the computer, for the Google, and all this stuff. But Lord, we depend on you even more than those things. We need you, Lord, and we ask you to go with us everywhere. And your tangible presence shall be so real to every one of us, young or old. New believers or older believers, Lord, we shall experience your glory. We thank you so much. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. Bye.